0: What's good, world? Welcome to today's episode of Count It right here on Points Bet. My name is Kazim Famiwide. Thank you for joining me once again on this Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Just want to thank all y'all for coming through. Great, great episode we got today. We got legendary Philadelphia play-by-play announcer Mark Zumov joining us on the show. Of course, Ariel Epstein, the prop queen, will give you the top picks for tonight's NBA action as well, as well as my picks on some of the great games going on in the association all night tonight. But first off, we got to talk about what happened last night in the National Basketball Association and... Yesterday was just such a weird and funky day. I mean, comparing to from from upset picks to no teams playing any defense and a game that had both of those things. Let's start off with the Orlando Magic taking on the Boston Celtics. The Magic get an upset win over the top team in the Eastern Conference behind the return of one Jonathan Isaac. Got a shout out to you, brother. Welcome back. To the NBA two years off after an incredible uh knee injury, a plethora of injuries, really. But uh anytime you could take that much time off and return and contribute to winning basketball, gotta take my hat off to you, Jonathan Isaac. Returned, scored ten points. Uh, and it scored immediately as soon as he checked into the game as well. But that's not the big story, obviously. The big story is the Boston Celtics getting this upset. Now, this should come with a, a little bit of an asterisk. I don't want to be a hater, Orlando fans. I get it. You're a fun team. You got the likely rookie of the year, Impalo Bankero, And uh, I like to call the Orlando Magic the all-hoop the all mixtape team. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Austin Rivers has been talking about all these players that came up on mixtapes. I feel like that whole lineup, let's talk about Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Bull Bull, Paolo Bancaro. I've watched all these guys coming up through YouTube. But the Boston Celtics were without three of their top players yesterday. The Tom Lord, Robert Williams, was out for knee management. Malcolm Brogdon, out for personal reasons. And Marcus Smart, uh, still nursing the ankle injury. But Brown and Tatum did suit up. And it did not matter because the Magic had their way with the Boston Celtics. Paolo Bancaro goes off for 23 points. Another standout game. That kid is a lock for NBA Rookie of the Year. We're going to have to see something incredible from the rest of the the field. I think Benedict Matherin might have a shot at it. Maybe a very, very, very outside shot at it. That the Indiana Pacers maybe step up and get back into the playoff hunt without Tyrese Halliburton, the Palo Bancaro has been an immediate impact player for the Orlando magic. Here's a funny number though, right? The Boston Celtics, obviously one of the top teams in the Eastern conference, the reigning defending Eastern conference champions as well, and uh, playing some of the best basketball of Brown and Tatum's career. However, yesterday the Boston Celtics were held to only 100 points for the third time this season. Funny enough, Two of those times were against these Orlando Magic. The Celtics made 18 three-pointers Monday and previously had not been held below 100 points when hitting more than 12. When I say it was a weird night in the NBA, that's a number you stare at right there. The Celtics didn't shoot the ball bad. They shot it pretty well. However, you go up against a team like the Orlando Magic that's young, Fun at home. Not a lot to lose. They got the emotional return of Jonathan Isaac as well. And sometimes you're going to get some of these upsets throughout the NBA. I feel like that's going to be a theme from now until the All-Star Break. A couple days ago, I was watching uh I was watching a couple of friends on TV, Wally Zerbiak on MSG Network. And I get to talk to Wally a lot. Shout out to Wally Zerbiak. And he said, right now is the hardest part of the NBA schedule, and I think this could relate to a lot of people who, you know, don't want to get upset when they're making bets or having picks not go their way or certain players not sit out their way. From the end of January up until the middle of February, it just feels like the dole drums of the NBA season. All NBA players are just trying to get to the All-Star break, just trying to get to the middle of February. Wherever All-Star break is, wherever they're going on vacation, they're just waiting Ready and willing to do anything they can to just make it their healthy so they can take their break that they've needed. They've been playing nothing but basketball ever since August, right? So it's been nonstop hoops action. And you're gonna see a lot of these results may not really look that good. Maybe not really look as uh as um it, it's gonna it's gonna throw you for a loop. And this entire NBA schedule last night threw me for a loop. And I'm going to own some of my L's, okay? I had a lot of picks yesterday. The Pistons, that went well. The Bulls, I mean, the Bucks beating the Pistons. The Bucks, uh, the Bulls and the Hawks, that went well. But yesterday, I, I was completely off. Let's talk about another game that happened yesterday where I was completely off because I feel like some of the NBA teams, some of the elite teams, are just trying to get to the all-star break at the moment. Everything in me, everything in me, told me take the Sacramento Kings over the Memphis Grizzlies. I love the Kings. I love their depth. I love their youth. I love the light and the beam. I love their home court advantage. It's giving me old Arco Arena vibes back in the Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, Peja Stojakovic days. But the Kings smashed the Grizzlies yesterday. Now, again, this comes with a caveat. No John ja Morant, no Steven Adams. Well, a lot of times we've known about the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been known to play very well without their superstar, all-star point guard. But the Sacramento Kings tied an NBA record with 12 three-pointers in the first quarter in just 13 attempts. They shot the leather off the ball completely. They scored 47 points in the first quarter, but it wasn't until the fourth quarter that the Sacramento Kings truly put away the Memphis Grizzlies. They won a 33-10 run. And they ended up winning by 33 points, 133 to 100. And they got contributions from absolutely everybody. A season-high 24 points to Trey Lyles after a huge first quarter. Harrison Barnes, 15 of his 20 points. Another huge first quarter. Um, De'Aaron Fox. A guy who's looking to be an all star this year. 17 points, 10 assists. Rookie Keegan Murray chipped in with 20 points as well. Lyle's was six for eight from three point range. And the Sacramento Kings, the Sacramento Kings are third in the Western Conference as of January 24th, 2022. Who would have thought that? going into the season this year. I love DeMontis Sabonis. I thought it was a great and even trade for him and Tyrese Halliburton. I know uh, the Sacramento Kings made a very hard decision choosing between De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton last year, and it looks like it's starting to pay off because that team is deep They're well-coached. Mike Brown has been there. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He's coached superstars. He's coached in big markets. I think he's very underrated. And when it comes to coach of the year, I think we got to start talking about Coach Mike Brown. It wouldn't be his first time winning the award. He's been an excellent NBA coach throughout his entire, uh, most of his NBA tenure. And, you know, he's Coach Kobe, he's Coach LeBron. Now he's got this fun, young Sacramento Kings team bringing them back to prominence. Shout out to the Sacramento Kings. We lighten the beam. I'm never picking against you guys again when it comes to a high-level marquee matchup. I thought the Memphis Grizzlies were going to get off the snide. It's their third loss in a row. I said earlier this week, the Memphis Grizzlies have played the last four games all decided by four or less points. This game was absolutely not the case. 33-point beatdown by the Sacramento Kings, and any time the Memphis Grizzlies have a loss like this, everybody's going to bring up those those quotes that John Morant said about being good in the West. Listen, we all know the West is a beast, and we all know the Memphis Grizzlies are going to get every team's best shot every single time out, and the Sacramento Kings punched them right in the mouth last night with no John, no Steven Adams. They didn't mess around. They didn't keep it close in the fourth quarter. Absolutely put them away. Shout out to the Sacramento Kings. You guys are absolutely on your way. Let's talk about another matchup on the docket last night. Injuries, injuries, injuries suck in the NBA but the Milwaukee Bucks are finally getting healthy. They're number one in the Central Division, and they continue their dominance in that division by smacking the paint off the Detroit Pistons last night, 150 to 130 behind the return of two of the Milwaukee Bucks' biggest stars, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton. Uh, Giannis hasn't played well Chris Middleton hasn't played a game since December 15th shout out to him getting back they're going to need every bit of him they're going to need Chris Middleton to be healthy if they want to replicate some of the success that they had uh, a y- uh, two years ago now when they won it all as NBA champions um, 8 points and 4 assists for the, uh, the returning Chris Middleton and uh, Dwayne Casey put it best in this quote after the game, and I called it yesterday as well, quote, the first quarter is what I was afraid would happen. A championship caliber team came in and put their stamp at the game on the game at the beginning. We didn't respond. And that's how you give up a 49 point first quarter. I liked that fight after that. But this is a 48 minute game. Giannis was back and looking as giannis as he's been all year long. Yes, giannis is a word that I just made up, and we're going to use it. A uh, the, the couple of games before he sat out, you could tell he was a little hampered. He had a couple uncharacteristic single-digit games that you just don't really see from Giannis because he's one of those dudes that plays hard every single game, doesn't really like to load manage, wants to play as much as he possibly can. So if he was sitting out, you can tell he was really hurt. He did not look hurt yesterday, 29 points for Giannis. The Milwaukee Bucks absolutely laid a smackdown on the Detroit Pistons. 150, 130. The Bucks are going to be something to deal with all season long, especially if Chris Middleton is back and healthy. Let's talk about why it is so hard betting on the NBA. Every time I look at the slate of, of games and the schedule, I think, oh, well, there's, there's, there's a few locks here, right? And in the past two weeks, one of my favorite locks has been any team against the Houston Rockets and any star player against the Houston Rockets. Matter of fact, this is what I said yesterday. Producers, wrote the footage. The Rockets stink, <laughs> plain and simple. They're not good. Uh, I I just don't like the matchup here. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves are starting to really turn it around. Really love their team. Really love Anthony Edwards. Give me Minnesota and a walk. I looked so confident. <laughs> I said it with the, the utmost confidence. Like, oh, the Rockets absolutely stink. Well, they, they still kind of stink. But of any time for me to really put my my proverbial nuts on the table and say how much the Rockets stink... They sure shut me the hell up yesterday because yesterday the Houston Rockets ended their 13-game losing streak, beating the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, behind 42 points from one Jalen Green. Show favorite Al Sangoon dropped 21-7-7. and I know the prop queen Ariel Epstein is somewhere kicking a table in a chair saying, that's my boy. You ought to mess them up. You ought to mess up his line. But he he continues to produce. He continues to be an impact player for the Houston Rockets. And they got a dub. So good for them uh, through no fault of Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell. Both dropped 30 points yesterday, 31 and 30 respectively, for the Minnesota backcourt. But, man, it just goes to show you, as much as I love Anthony Edwards, And I love his game. That Minnesota Timberwolves team is as predictable as a bounce of a football, man. You never know which way they're going to go. One day they look like world beaters and they could play with anybody and they're young and exciting. And they remind you of some of the other young and exciting teams in the league like the Oklahoma City Thunder and Sacramento Kings. And if they could just get it together and figure out their big man situation and get healthy, maybe they're going to do some damage. And then they have games like yesterday where they absolutely absolutely laying egg against a team that I think they should have beat. Nevertheless, I'll take the egg on my face. I'm going to own that. Houston Rockets fans, I still think your team stinks. But if there was any game to shut me up, that was the game to do it. Uh, still, I, I kid, I joke, huge fan of Jalen Green. 42 points for the young star. Electric scorer for that team. Uh, and, man, once they get some pieces around him, get some pieces around KBJ, get some uh, some maturity around that team. I know we all saw the John Wall interview uh, with Theo Pinson on his podcast, and John Wall said some things that I think really hit home for not just the Houston Rockets, but Houston Rockets fans, man. They know they tanking. They know they ain't trying to win no games. They know that the entire organization is – especially in the post-James Harden years and the new ownership that's gone on over there. Winning isn't at the top of their priority list right now. Acquiring talent is what it is. The Houston Rockets kind of remind me of the Oklahoma City Thunder of a few years ago. Is it going to pay off like the Oklahoma City Thunder? Remains to be seen. Another player that's been absolutely balling out in the NBA this season. Let's talk about my guy, Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard. 37 points, 12 assists, and a 20-point win against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, there's no defense being played anywhere in the NBA. Earlier, I told you about the Milwaukee Bucks dropping 150 points in regulation against the Detroit Pistons yesterday. One of the basement dwellers of the NBA. If you want to talk about the other basement dwellers in the NBA, you got the Rockets, you got the San Antonio Spurs, but my God, the Spurs gave up 147 points in regulation yesterday. The 150 points that the Bucks scored was second second highest scoring regulation game in the nba this season and uh thankfully at the end of that pistons game and the bucks they dribbled the clock out because they had plenty of times and opportunities to set the season record and just a few hours later here come the portland trailblazers dropping 147 points on the san antonio spurs defense is optional as always but shout out Yusuf Nurkic, great game for him, 25 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. And Anthony Simons, uh, great game for him shooting the ball. Not much else, though, but 26 points. You don't need much else when you got Dame Dolly giving you 12 assists, Yusuf Nurkic giving you 11 rebounds, 7 assists. If your job is to shoot the pill, shoot the pill. And that's what Anthony Simons does very well. 26 points for him as the Blazers finally get back on the winning side. And one of my league favorites, Keldon Johnson, win, lose, or draw, doesn't matter. He gonna get you 20 points. And what he did yesterday, gave you a solid 20 points. We all got favorites around the league. He's one of mine. He's got the neon green light whenever he gets the ball. Um, It's trade season, y'all. There's starting to be some movement around the NBA. And after a long, long Wait for Laker Nation. Rob Palenka finally made a move. The Lakers acquired Rui Hachimura from the Washington Wizards for two second-round picks and Kendrick Nunn, combo guard uh, who's previously played for the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now he goes to Washington. Um, I said this yesterday, man. The Los Angeles Lakers, despite being locked into the 11th spot or the 12th spot in the current uh, Western Conference, the teams from spots five to spot 12 all have at least 23 losses to 25 losses. That means a good week or two can have a team going from the basement straight to the penthouse. And I think this move that the Lakers made yesterday, getting Roy Hachimura, a 33% shooter from downtown, uh, good body, 6'9", long, rangy, played defense young, um, very highly touted coming out of college. Uh, maybe the Washington Wizards organization probably wasn't the best fit for him, especially once they acquired guys like Kyle Kuzma and Chris Um, Those seemed like opportunities that Rui Hachimura could have gotten a lot more playing time or got a lot more opportunities to score the ball. Of course, he's probably not going to get that much more opportunities playing for the Lakers because we all know it's LeBron and AD's team, and wherever LeBron and AD go, that's where they're going to take them. But I do like this pickup for the Los Angeles Lakers, man. They, they picked up some talent. They they got rid of one of the, the glutton of guards that they have uh, for that team. And it gives them another wing defender who could who could shoot the rock, and gives them an outlet for LeBron James and Anthony Davis to kick out on the perimeter and knock out some of those threes. There was a lot of other players uh, linked around the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Cam Reddish from the New York Knicks uh, allegedly was was one of the players that were on their ra- uh, radar. However, according to reports, uh, the Lakers chose Rui Hachimura over Cam Reddish. Uh, to give away those picks and go all in and try and maximize the best of LeBron's uh, prime and Anthony Davis just about to get healthy probably gonna play either this week or a top of next week I think now is the time for the Lakers to sort of make that push and this move uh, acquiring Rui Hachimura I mean it's not a world-beating move it's not like they're acquiring another big star uh, another star player to add to their uh, glutton of star players but Ray Hachimura is a good piece. I think uh, Russell Westbrook played well with him uh, in his rookie year. Um, A lot of wizards on that team. Thomas Bryan as well. Already good chemistry over there. I like this pickup for the Los Angeles Lakers, man. Um, I don't know if it puts them uh, into serious – I don't even even want to call it contention with the Los Angeles Lakers, but I guess we could just take them a little bit more seriously uh, knowing that they got another talented player to add to their roster. But – It's going to be a long season, man. There's still a whole 30-plus games to go uh, in this NBA regular season, and anything could happen in this Western Conference. So trades like this, moves like this, these are things that usually pay dividends uh, towards the end of the year. So we'll see how it works out. Rob Palinka, you're off the hot seat for at least one day. Don't go anywhere, guys. We got so much more show to get into. We got – Former legendary Philadelphia play by play analyst Mark Zumoff joining me to talk all things Philly, talk all things sports, and talk all things retirement. Of course, we also got the prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, joining me to give us her top picks for the NBA slate tonight. Guys, don't go anywhere. More counted on points bet right after this break. Welcome back to count it right here on Points Bet. And joining me is the legendary voice of the 76ers for 39 years and quietly enjoying his retirement right now. The one and only Mark Zumoff. Mark, how you doing, partner?
1: Not so quiet, my man. We're gonna be chomping it up for the next what 10, 15 minutes? Whatever you need, I got you.
0: We hear. We hear, man. You're, you're not right. working any- you're not working anymore, so I know you got plenty to get off your chest. So we can, Bro, we can t- I
1: didn't work when I worked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I covered hoops for a living. Seriously.
0: Is this is this can you believe this is a real job? Like we get paid to do this? Like uh, it's incredible. Sh- don't tell nobody. Your Don't
1: bosses might be watching. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> I know that's right, man. Mark, <laughs> you have covered the Sixes for 39 years. And two years ago, you wrote a piece called Why Retire? So I have to ask you just a few things. You can ask them, answer them short and long. Uh, what instrument did you learn to play? What foreign language have you mastered? And what dish have you perfected since your retirement? <laughs>
1: Guys, I got to say none of the above. <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Uh, that was my intent, certainly. Um, listen, I was a lucky guy. I grew up watching the Sixers, and I ended up being the voice of the team for 27 years and covering the league for almost 40, so I'm really blessed. Um, after a while, it became like your favorite dessert every night for like eight months, the grind, the travel, the preparation, the work. I mean, a lot went into it. I was very passionate about it. So I decided while I was – You know, still on my game to call it a day, which is what I did. And the original intent was exactly what you said. Uh, Musical instrument, foreign language, travel, all that stuff. But I found that I still had a passion for sports media, for teaching, which I now do. I work for uh, Temple University's Clare Smith Center for Sports Media, where diversity, equity and inclusion is a big part of what we do at my alma mater, Temple. And I do a lot of philanthropic work. So I feel fulfilled. And right now, I'm kicking it with you, which I know is going to be uh, a good time for sure.
0: It definitely is, man. And and you mentioned being the OG with the beard, and it's not just the beard and the baldness that make you an OG, right? Like it's the the sharing of wisdom that you're doing, especially with the the next generation of sports uh, casters. And there's a specific charm that comes to being like a local broadcaster because it feels like you're part of the community, you're part of that city. But Philly is an, an entirely different beast uh in your opinion what makes the city of philadelphia so much more different especially when it comes to sports fans and in, in the 39 seasons you've seen it uh, through your eyes
1: and really for my entire life i mean i grew up in northeast philly so being a philadelphia sports fan it's been my thing uh, i went to a sixers game when i was eight years old my father took me the first year the team had moved from syracuse and became the sixers and so <clears throat> There's really a lot of theories, Kaz, behind it. Um, One of them is that we're essentially a blue-collar town, that we go about our business with uh, um, a certain resoluteness that, um, you know, is honest and forthright, and we don't cut any corners, and so we want our athletes to do the same, and so we bring that same passion to a sporting event. A lot of people think because we are between New York and Washington, we sort of have that inferiority complex where uh we say to ourselves well we got to be better than new york and we've got to be better than washington dc and so what we do is uh we ref- try to hope that our sports teams reflect that by rooting for them and hoping that they do well uh, i have my own theory it's kind of a cockeyed optimism theory but basically um you know like many cities Cas, we're uh, a city of neighborhoods we all live separate black white jew gentile and so um I like to think that sports, as a professor friend of, of mine says, brings us together. And so what you have is um, an opportunity for people of different religions, different skin colors to come together and wear the Sixer jersey and wear the Eagles jersey, to come together and high five and hug and, and do all that. And I think secretly we want to reflect that we're the city of brotherly love and that uh, in many ways that sporting events is how we do it.
0: Mark, uh, earlier you mentioned about uh, your teaching now and, and sharing your wisdom uh, in Temple University, especially when it comes to diversity and inclusion, and you just mentioned in this answer what makes Philly so different is the unique backgrounds that everybody comes from and how we all sort of unite to either wear an Eagles jersey or a Sixers jersey. And now that you're helping to teach uh, the next generation of young sportscasters, young media professionals in the sports industry, what have you seen as the biggest um, obstacle, I'd like to say, as far as the next generation coming in when it comes to uh, uh, getting into the media business?
1: I think two things. I think they have to understand the value of hard work. I think uh, every once in a while you'll encounter a young person who has a sense of entitlement And that's not going to get anybody anywhere unless your father owns a team or a radio station or a TV station or a website or something like that. But I tell people, whether it's your demo or your networking skills or your resume or who you know, all that stuff is important. The most important thing is, and this is really important as it relates to mental health and everything else, is do you believe in yourself? Do you inherently think that you can go out and do what it is that you dream of doing? You know, they have the phrase... Uh, Be careful what you wish for. So you need to wish for it. And then when it comes to pass, when you recognize that opportunity to go out there and seize it, because, you know, in your heart and in your soul, you can go out there and you can do it.
0: In, In your opinion, what's been the most gratifying thing about stepping away from being in front of the camera and being able to teach, especially folks from different sort of backgrounds?
1: When you're older, you feel like you've made a lot of mistakes. And I made a ton of them. I did a lot of stupid things. I said some things on the air, perhaps I shouldn't have said. Not nothing worthy of getting me fired. Right? But, not nothing not, 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 not get
0: you canceled me. or nothing like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Thank, and you know what? It's, Thankfully, let me tell you something, Kaz. That was a fear of mine. Like late in my career, I, you know, I tread carefully on certain nights, saying to myself, uh, you know, I'm a little bit tired, or uh, you know, it's a thirty point game. I, I got to be careful about what I say. So I'm glad that I escaped uh, unscathed in that regard. But Uh, That was certainly my biggest fear at the end of my career is uh, knowing that I I could have said something that uh, could have gone viral. (laughs)
0: Well, well, thankfully, all the stuff you went viral for were amazing Sixers moments. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But you love beer and I love beer. And there's a million other things you could have been doing uh, after your broadcasting career. But now you're crafting your own IPA. Uh, Talk to me about this.
1: Well, I'm not just going to talk the talk. I am going to show you right here. Bro, (laughs) let me tell you something. This is the last can from not one, but two runs. And I'll I'll tell you how all this started. Uh, When I retired, my business manager came to me with a list of things that I could do in retirement. And one of them was a concept he called Zoo's Brews. It would be a beer. And I said, all right, it's fine. Let's do that. I love beer, but it's important for me that there's a charitable component. And so we had two runs of this fine stuff. And this is actually, I think the last remaining can, unless somebody out there who bought it, (laughs) uh, you know, has one in their fridge. And by the way, this is for you. When we meet up, this is going to be for you. Yes, please. I'm holding you to that. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to put your name on it. But but anyway, um, we were able to raise money for a local charity, um, uh, Philadelphia youth basketball, which was uh, primary in my mind. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It, yep. An IPA. But I wanted a drinkable IPA, one that you could have for lunch if you decided that you would do that. And they had one run. It was a, a great success. So they decided to do it again. We partnered with a brewing company here. And now I think they're uh, coming at us uh, looking for more. So we'll see.
0: I'm holding you to that can of beer, okay? I'm, oh,
1: I'm, uh, bro, I'm uh, telling you. It's uh, nice, and I'm t- keeping it at 38 degrees in my beverage fridge for you, my friend.
0: <laughs> my man. I appreciate that so much. All right, let's talk a little bit of Sixers hoops, man. Uh, you've seen this team with Ben Simmons as the dominant ball handler, and now – You've seen it with James Harden as the dominant facilitator for the 76ers. Um, so I want to ask you this. Did Daryl Morey, like, use a ski mask for this trade? Like, was it like sort of a, a, one of those tech wizards where they kind of like credit card scam Like, how? It's been the kind of an uneven trade. But through your eyes, you've seen them both. Uh, how has James Harden uh, made this Sixers team go as opposed to when Ben Simmons was the dominant uh, uh, ball handler for this team?
1: Well, you know, James Harden looks to score and Ben Simmons never really did that. And that's got to be a key. I'm going to say this. There are many ways to analyze the trade. And right now it certainly looks good for the Sixers. But remember, the Nets were balling before KD got hurt. They were balling. And, you know, Simmons has been in and out of the lineup. And whatever scoring he did is way, way down. But whatever he was doing with his 28 to 30 minutes a game, distributing the ball. And remember, he could still defend and and pretty much guard anybody on the floor. Uh, It was working for the Nets. And it's working right now for the Sixers. I think I think James Harden and Joel Embiid have become a lethal pick-and-roll combination. They get uh, scoring from that spot. And James is the kind of guy who, and this really goes unnoticed by a lot of people, will uh, whip guys together in practice or a shoot-around, has a lot to say, is always in the ear of a lot of different guys. And I think that he is having an overwhelmingly positive effect. Now, look at this long-term, okay? The Sixers, first of all, they gave up two first round picks, however, you value a Sixers first round pick these days. And they gave up Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, a couple of pretty good players in that deal. And remember, Harden, before next season, is going to be 34. Ben Simmons is only 26. So, as it relates to his runway, if he can get his head together and his mental outlook together, you know, could still be a viable player for years to come. You know, and Harden, he's got the player option as well. I know there was some t- noise about him going to Houston. I don't really think that's going to happen. But, um, you know, he's on the downside of his career. Still playing like an all star, but on the downside of his career. But right now it's looking good for the Sixers. They're 18 and four. and in their last 22 games.
0: They have been absolutely killing it this entire season. One of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, I don't want to harp too much on Ben Simmons, but I just feel like you have a unique perspective on kind of his relationship with that city and the fan base as well. Um, Obviously, aside from what happened on the court and just the lack of uh, being an aggressive scorer, um, just from the point of view of a lot of what Philly fans and, and what Philly people are about, How did it go so wrong with that city and Ben Simmons?
1: I'll tell you what. uh, Here's my opinion. Uh, Joel Embiid plays with a sword knee, plays with a mask because he has an orbital fracture, and, uh, and and people are just enthralled by that. They think it's brave. They think it shows guts. They think it shows tenacity, and they're right. It does. But when you have mental health issues, that's something that's hidden, and because it's hidden, there's a stigma. And unfortunately, I think Ben Simmons suffered from that. Now, you can go into um, all sorts of stuff about, well, he could have practiced more. He could have seen a therapist. You know, I I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with his family, with his friends, with his support system, all of that. But the fact of the matter is he had mental health challenges. And unlike a guy who plays injured, if you have a guy out there who is passing up a slam dunk with two minutes to go in a game seven on your home court, you're not happy about it. But obviously, that is a guy who has got some mental health issues and needs to be dealt with. So I understand where the fans are coming from. Uh, I know they only want to win. They only know what they see and what passes their eye test. And because, once again, mental health is something that's invisible. Uh, it's something that afflicted Ben Simmons. And, um, you know, the fans only knew that he was passing up shots and and uh, was really spiraling downward in that seven-game series a couple of years ago against Atlanta.
0: Yeah, still I'm still hoping and, and pulling that he he gets it together, man. Because when he's on his game, he's still one of the more uh, electrifying players in the NBA. When he's on his game, let's talk about Doc Rivers real quick. You know, uh, he's been the target of some of the fans uh, due to some critical moments in the playoffs, and uh, not just there, but in LA, in Orlando, in Boston. Even though he won a championship there, um, is there anything that Coach Rivers can do? to solidify his future in Philadelphia outside of winning a championship or is it championship or bust with oh. him especially considering the 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 incredible amount of talent that the Sixers currently have
1: so let me set it up for you first and say this doc rivers just as a coach forget the fact that he had a pretty good 13 year nba career as a player just as a coach is a hall of famer he's one of uh, maybe 10 11 guys who has over a 1000 victories He's got an NBA title with the Celtics. He also took them to the conference finals or the NBA finals in another season. And so overall throughout his career, no matter what you may say about the playoffs, and it's hard to get to the NBA finals. It's not easy. You could be a a hall of fame coach, Don Nelson second all time, I think in wins. He, he never won an NBA title and I don't hear anybody knocking him. So um, to me, uh, doc rivers doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. Now, Let's take it from the Sixers' uh, fans' point of view and break it down. Year number one, he has the Ben Simmons episode where he goes spiraling and the Sixers end up losing a seven-game series to an Atlanta team that they should have beaten in five or six at the most, including losing three games on their home floor, which they had locked up during the regular season. So that was that first year for Doc Rivers. Then the second year, which was last year, what happens? Joel Embiid in game six – as they're en route to beating Toronto in the first round, comes up with the orbital fracture. He misses the first two games. The next series, Miami, and they get drilled in those first two games and never seem to recover. And maybe they they at least split in those first two games, and the series is different. So when your best player is injured, that's never a good thing. Now they're going on all cylinders. They're playing great. They're playing excellent defense. They found this role now for Tyrese Maxey off the bench, and everything seems to be really good for the Sixers. I'll say this to you, Kaz, in direct answer to your question. Uh, The Sixer fans, and I'm not sure that ownership will tolerate another second-round knockout. They have to get past the second round. If they get to the conference finals but get eliminated there, the jury's going to be out. If they get to the NBA finals, I think it's okay. He'll serve the third of what I think is a five-year contract, or he'll go into the fourth year. And, of course, if they win the whole uh, ball of wax, then, then, then he's good for the rest of the time. That's the way I read it from here anyway.
0: I like that. I like that insight, especially from somebody who's been in the Philly market for as long as you have. You talked about championships, you talked about conference finals. A person is going to have a lot to say about how far they go is their best player, the MVP candidate, in Joel Embiid. Now, you've seen them all in Philly. You've seen Iverson, you've seen Barkley, you've seen a lot of these legends come and play for the Philadelphia 76ers. Where currently does Joel Embiid rank to you? amongst all those Sixers greats?
1: Mm. So as I consider your question, I'm thinking, well, the first thing I, I always think about is you never compare eras because the game was different. It was different when Barkley played. It was different from when Iverson played Sure, You can match their some of their stats and some of their overall achievements. The one thing I do like to do is compare apples to apples. So in this case, I think about two of the all-time great bigs who played for the Sixers. And my mind goes to Wilt Chamberlain and Moses Malone. And again, you can't compare eras. But Wilt was uh, uber-dominant, more dominant than any NBA player ever will be. And you could just go to Basketball Reference and check out all the stats. And then Moses Malone, who was a relentless rebounder and MVP. And, of course, he won a title for the Sixers in 1983. And, of course, Chamberlain won a title for the Sixers in 67. So ultimately, when you judge Joel Embiid, that's what—that's uh, the first thing I think you have to think about is the fact that, you know, he's he's got to win a title here. That's why he is here. And I know that's in his mind, and it's in the mind of everybody who follows the team. And then he could break it down any which way you want. You know, um, he, he's become a, a very good passer, identifying the double teams. Uh, Will Chamberlain was such a good passer that as a center, uh, I think he won an assist title one year or, or led the league in total assists. Um, Moses Malone, uh, great scorer, relentless rebounder, great team guy. I think Joel is all of that. Um, the one thing that Joel has uh, maybe over all of them, and Wilt was a very good defensive player, um, is the fact that he is a he is a bona fide defensive player of the year. He makes a huge difference when he's on the floor, and he has the mobility in a guy seven feet and I don't know two seventy five, two eighty, whatever it is, to go out there and blow up pick and rolls or, or trap guys. And then get back and patrol the lane. So, um, you know, I view him as one of the all-time greats. But listen, he's only 29 years old. He still has some time yet. So to compare him with the guys who have the statues up, um, you know, in front of the Sixers practice facility in Barkley and Iverson, I'm going to have to hold off on that. But right now he is showing every indication that he's going to be something special by the time his career is over.
0: Now the 76ers, we, we talked Harden, we talked Rivers. We talked Joel Embiid, but this team has a lot of unsung heroes that are going to need to step up if they're going to make that big push in the Eastern Conference or eventually the NBA Finals. Guys like Shake Milton, Maxie, Harris. Out of those guys, who do you see being the most indispensable part of that team when it comes to lifting the 76ers past the Celtics and the other Eastern Conference beats to finally make it to the Finals?
1: Well, you mentioned him already among those three. Uh, I, I really think it's Tobias Harris, who is a guy who can give you twenty, who can um, defend uh, a lot of different guys on the floor. But what he has done is he has sacrificed his game as things have gone along, and they've added a healthy Joe and B. Please stay healthy. <laughs> they've add, you know what, I'm, you know what I'm saying? They, oh, they've yeah. added a James. They've added James Harden. Tyrese Maxey has emerged. Okay. So with each of those increments, Kaz, you have had uh, Tobias Harris has been the guy that they have said, "All right, you got to give up some shots, you got to you got to give up some touches, you have to uh, assume other roles on the floor." And I'll tell you what, if you watch the Sixers now on a nightly basis, he's defending out of position, and he's defending really well. So I remember uh, 2001 when the Sixers went to the finals against the Lakers and Larry Brown, who will remain. Uh, maybe the greatest coach in any sport I will have ever seen up close, said uh, it's not necessarily Shaq and Kobe. You know you're, you're going to get from them. But in a, in a championship series or a big playoff game, it's going to be somebody else, you know, a bench player, or a role player or something like that. And I remember when the Sixers lost out to the Lakers, it was people like Derek Fisher and Robert Horry who were coming to the fore. Well, I think that's going to be Tobias Harris at some point, in some way, whether it's defending or a big rebound or a big shot or a big night. Um, I think he's uh, the spotlight's going to be on him at some point in the preseason.
0: Incredible insight from the legend, Mark Zumoff. Before we get you out of here, I've got one question. I'm a huge, huge Allen Iverson fan. We're big Allen Iverson fans here at PointsBet as well.
1: That's we- my man, by the way. That's my man.
0: My question to you, best Allen Iverson sh- story you can share with us?
1: Oh that I can share with you. that. You, you can
0: say, Hey, listen, this is, Hey, we, we are, we are not FCC regulated. We can say whatever we want here, but whatever you feel like sharing, you can share with us.
1: Okay. So, so this is, this is pretty much G rated and I'll give it to you as quickly as I can. <laughs> okay. uh, Kevin Johnson, our, our trainer, uh, Alan broke his thumb and we all know, yeah, he was indifferent to practice. We know all about that shoot arounds, but God forbid you should try to keep him out of the game. So he broke his thumb. And there was a big game, I forget who it was against. And, and Alan said, I gotta play. I gotta play. I gotta play. I gotta play. So Kevin Johnson says, All right, I'm gonna fix you up. And the game is the next night, and they're talking about this at practice. So KJ, Kevin Johnson stays up all night and he makes this thing to protect his thumb. Okay, so he can play. And Allen's <coughs> and Alan's wearing it. He's wearing it for for um for the uh pregame warmups, and he finally comes out and he's playing the game and he starts. And he misses his first five shots and he takes the thing off his thumb and throws it into the crowd and proceeds <laughs> to play the rest of the game without it. A broken thumb that was unprotected. But that's emblematic of who he was. Um, I think that I think for Alan, his time on the floor was just an opportunity to uh, forget everything, no matter what it was, whether it was hangers on, whether it was uh, distractions, people looking for money, um, any of that kind of stuff. This was his time where he could just do his thing. He he was gifted by God to be an unbelievable athlete. And um, oh my God. You know, I let me just say this one one thing real quick. He was very kind in his Hall of Fame speech. He mentioned me. And I and I was flabbergasted when he did. And afterwards I went up to him and I said, Alan, and I said, not only do I appreciate the mention, but you have to understand something. I could not have done what I did without the material that you gave me. That dude was just unbelievable.
0: Unbelievable, man. G- incredible story. Brewmeister, educator, legendary voice of the 76ers, the one and only Mark Zumov. Thank you for joining me on Canada. We gotta get you back here as soon as you can, man. Thank you so much.
1: You got it, bro.
0: And hold that beer for me, man. I'm coming for it. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. We got more counted right after this. The prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, will be giving you the top props for tonight. Don't go anywhere. More It right after the break. You know what time it is. Welcome back to Counted, right here on Points Bet. Your boy Kazim Famuyide, joined by the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. How you doing, Ariel?
2: Great, Kaz. I mean, last night was just a weird night in the NBA. I'm glad to put it behind us.
0: Oh, so rough. I feel like a lot of those games are going to be weird, especially up until the All-Star break. You never know who's going to be sitting out. You never know who's going to be injured. You never know who's going to be playing harder than they should because their season's probably over already. But the dog days of the NBA are upon us. But that doesn't mean we can't get some great props for tonight. So let's talk about tonight's slate. You ready?
2: I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's
0: get to it. Miami Heat taking on the Boston Celtics, a rematch of last year's Eastern Conference finals that came down to one last shot from Jimmy Butler. I mean, can you imagine how different the NBA is if he hits that shot to send them to the NBA finals? But in any case, they take on each other tonight. Lots of injuries, possibly the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. What's your top prop for tonight?
2: Top prop for tonight is the Miami Heat center. Bam had a buyout to go over 20 and a half points. Bam has crushed the Celtics. In the last three games, he's faced them, averaged uh, over 20 points a game. He had at least 19 in all three of them. Has gone over in two out of the three of 20 and a half points. The Celtics have really struggled against centers recently. Last five, they have been giving up a top 10 most points per game to centers. And Bam's catching them at a good spot. Celtics on the second leg of a back to back. Celtics get the Knicks on Thursday. You may see some players sit in Boston, especially because of the back to back and, like you mentioned, injuries. Let the big man eat in the paint. Bam Adebayo over 20 and a half points.
0: No Time Lord last night against the Orlando Magic. Wendell Carter Jr. goes off. Paolo Banquero goes off. Bam Adebayo, pretty strong consideration to cook tomorrow night. Well, tonight, actually, against. <laughs> The Boston Celtics. We got a revenge game on the slate tonight. The Washington Wizards taking on the Dallas Mavericks. Lots of movement between those teams. Lots of training. We got Chris Porzingis on one side. Mm-hmm. You got Spencer Dinwiddie on another side. What's your top prop for this
2: game? Top prop, taking advantage of a revenge spot. That's right. You've got the point guard for the Dallas Mavericks, Spencer Dinwiddie. His points prop is 18 and a half. I'll take that over. Over a team in the Washington Wizards that he was traded from last year, played for the first half of the year with them. Revenge spots in the NBA are always fun. Now, the Mavericks do need more offense. They lost their center, forward, whatever he is now on the Dallas Mavericks. (laughs) Christian Wood, he's out with injury, and you're going to need some more offense considering Wood was averaging 24 points a game. It's the perfect opportunity for Dinwiddie, who just put up 33 points against his former team last time he faced them. You can't look at last year's numbers post-trade because Dinwiddie wasn't playing enough minutes for Dallas. Now he's playing starter minutes, and you've got to be able to take advantage with the over 18 and a half points. Help Luka Doncic out.
0: Yeah, they definitely need some help, and so will the Washington Wizards. I mentioned Chris Dasporzingis Porzingis earlier. He won't be playing tonight. Roy Hachimura just traded yesterday. Uh, it's going to be a rebounding by committee when it comes to the Washington Wizards tomorrow. And the Mavericks have been on a little bit of a slide recently. Nice, soft part of the schedule. This might be a good time for the Mavericks and especially Spencer Dinwiddie to go off the Cleveland Cavaliers. Head into Madison Square Garden tonight. Uh I will be there at that game. The Cavs taking on the New York Knicks. The Knicks in the midst of a four-game losing streak. The Cleveland Cavaliers playing excellent basketball despite Donovan Mitchell being out for a good amount of time. I know I got some props for this one. I know you got better ones. What's
2: it to you? course, you've got props. You're going to the game. I How got to man. on it. <laughs> I love to in this game. However, my prop for right now, before I get to the best bet, I've got to go with one of the trees, and that's Evan Mobley to go over eight and a half rebounds. Mobley has averaged just over ten rebounds a game against defenses bottom ten in rebounds allowed. Mobley's also averaging just about ten rebounds a game since New Year's Eve. And now you're getting a Knicks team that is without their center, Mitch Robinson. There have been two games without Robinson already. Both those games, they really haven't faced a true center that's played full minutes. They faced the Toronto Raptors who don't have a center. And now this, uh, the last game that they played, Atlanta, Clint Capella was unlimited minutes, only played 20 minutes, and still had nine rebounds against the Knicks. The Cavs have two huge guys underneath between Mobley at power forward and Jared Allen at center. I'm going to take advantage, go with the over 8.5 rebounds for Mobley, who also, by the way, has had over 10 rebounds against the Knicks multiple times in the last couple of years.
0: In the stretch that the Knicks were winning in December, they were holding teams to under 104 points. In the three games Mitch Robinson hasn't played, the Knicks have given up 125 points per game. The Cleveland Cavaliers shoot it well. They score on every level of the court. And those trees of Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley has routinely kicked the Knicks' ass ever since he was a rookie. I don't expect that to change tonight. I love that setup. Uh, Get some defensive help, New York. It's getting real ugly over there. Uh, What's your best bet for tonight, though?
2: Best bet, because if I was to bet one tree without the other tree, (laughs) I would have been so mad. It is very possible, people, that both trees get at least nine rebounds in this game. My best bet is for over eight and a half rebounds on the Cavs center, Jared Allen. Allen has put up at least 10 rebounds in every game he's faced the Knicks in in the last two years. He has been crushing it on the boards. He's averaging about 10 rebounds a game already since New Year's against teams, bottom 10 and rebounding, averaging 10 rebounds a game. He is just absolutely crushing it when there's nobody to protect underneath. The Knicks have nobody to protect underneath. Bottom 10 and league rebounds allowed. No Mitch Robinson again. This is the first true test for the Knicks without their center they're gonna get destroyed on the boards. I remember watching the game, and we came in and spoke about it right after Mitch Robinson got hurt. We said, oh my gosh, (laughs) we didn't think the Knicks were gonna have this bad of a performance on the boards without Robinson it has not been good.
0: It's been awful. I feel like the Knicks were one of the top defensive teams for a good minute. Mitch goes down and it all goes to hell. So it's been... Which
2: is so crazy. Uh,
0: and honestly, it's so Knicks. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's hurt, it hurts me because that's my team. But man... I
2: know. Hopefully... This ho- is why you don't bet Mitch Robinson props. <laughs> because he goes He goes away. You just don't understand what happens. But out of nowhere, Mitch Robinson's gone. He's either hurt. He's out for a few days. We already saw... no mitch robinson early in november mm-hmm. it's a problem it
0: is a problem it is a problem however i do like randall props as well as far as those rebounds are concerned i mean when he's not when mitch even is against in the, game, the trees even against the trees he's a big guy he's, he's he's strong so a lot of times he'll he'll fight amongst the seven footers and get in there even though he's only six eight he's built like an ox so we'll see how that goes i don't love this matchup for the knicks but you'll hear some of my picks later on in today's show Prop queen Ariel Epstein, thank you so much for always joining us and give us your incredible insight on tonight's slate of NBA action. Guys, don't go nowhere. I will give you my picks on tonight's NBA action right here on Count It right after this short break. Welcome back to Count It Right here on Points Bet USA. Your boy Kazim Fami Wide here to give you my picks for tonight's NBA action. It's the start of rivalry week in the NBA, so all these teams got a little bit of beef in between them. So let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the New York Knicks. Now, This game loses a little bit of luster because it looks like Donovan Mitchell will not be playing tonight, and the New York Knicks currently on a four-game losing streak. Uh, Even though there is no Donovan Mitchell, the Cavaliers still roll out essentially the same core that they had last year when they surprised a lot of the Eastern Conference. And right now the New York Knicks can't guard anybody. Ever since Mitchell Robinson went down with injury, It's been an absolute turnstile in the paint. People have been getting buckets all day long. I like the over on points, and I like the Cavs to win comfortably against the New York Knicks. Evan Mobley, even as a rookie, has routinely, routinely given the New York Knicks the business after his career-high 38 points earlier this week. I don't expect that to change. I think him, Jarrett Allen, Darius Garland, All have opportunities to go off tonight. I think it'll be... I don't know if it'll be close, to be honest, man. Those two Twin Towers, they've already shown that without Mitchell Robinson, they are absolutely uh, devastated in the paint. Give me the Cavaliers winning this one. I think it goes over. I think it's a lot of points, though. I think the Knicks put up a good fight, but I think the Cavaliers win comfortably on the Madison Square Garden floor. They can't seem to win in the Garden either, so... Let's hope let's hope they make a move and something happens with the Knicks because it can go from a good season to a what the hell happened season very, very quickly, as you can tell around the league. Let's get into a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Boston Celtics taking on the resurgent Miami Heat team. They will be in the Miami Dade Arena. I love the new graphic, by the way. No more FTX. Sorry about that. But the Miami Dade Arena, uh, the Celtics who lost the stunner against the Orlando Magic yesterday. Uh, no Marcus Smart. No Time Lord. No Malcolm Brogdon. The Miami Heat. They play at a slow pace. Bam Adebayo has really been turning it on. Tyler Hero's played well. Kyle Lowry has played well. But I think Brogdon comes back. I think um, Robert Williams was on knee management, I think the injury was. It wasn't necessarily he was hurt. I think they were sort of holding him out for this game against the Miami Heat. Give me the Celtics going into Miami uh, and continuing their winning ways uh, in the Eastern Conference. The over-under right now is 217.5 points, depending on who's playing. And I'm not sure who's going to be playing. Yesterday, uh, they put up only 98 points. Only the third time this season, the Boston Celtics have been held to under 100 points this season. I have a hard time believing that's going to happen again, but it's been such a weird year in the NBA. It's been such a weird week. I'm taking the under. Give me the Celtics, though, winning this one at Miami uh, tonight in the Miami-Dade arena. Next up, the Battle of the Crypto.com Arena. The Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Los Angeles Lakers, TNT game, nationally televised. You know what it is when the Clippers and Lakers get together. It seems like the Clippers have clearly been the better team ever since these super teams have been put together when LeBron and AD went to LA and PG and Kawhi Leonard went to the Clippers. At the moment, the over-under is 230 points, and the Clippers are favored by five. I got to tell you, I love the way Kawhi Leonard has been playing as of late. I love the way LeBron James has been playing as of late. And I'm only going off their history because between Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard seems to usually get the best of the king when they match up. Give me the Clippers tonight. I think they go over on points. It's going to be a lot of offense. I don't think Roy Hachimura plays quite yet, but I think without Kendrick Nunn, uh, that is some points that they will miss. They're going to ask a lot for LeBron James. I think LeBron's going to continue his scoring ways. He's got Kareem in his sights. I think 30 is a lock for the king. However, give me the Clippers winning in the crypto.com arena against the Los Angeles Lakers. And last but certainly not least, it's a toss-up. The Denver Nuggets taking on the New Orleans Pelicans in the Smoothie King Center. The Nuggets, one of the best teams in the Western Conference, going into New Orleans, one of the best teams at home in the Western Conference, even without two of their main stars, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. If Nikola Jokic plays, give me the Nuggets, give me them winning in a close one 2.31 and a half points is the over-under. Give me the over. Jamal Murray starting to turn it on. Michael Porter Jr. starting to turn it on. Aaron Gordon's been playing very well. Bones Highland. And, of course, if Nikola Jokic is playing and he's got somebody like Valanchunas on him, kind of the same body type, I like that Jokic matchup all day long. I think the Nuggets win comfortably. It's going to be a great game between two teams. I, I really want the Pelicans to get healthy, though. I love C.J. McCollum. I love how they've been shredding water without Zion, without Brandon Ingram. But it's going to be hard to see how far this team goes without their two stars. However, it's going to be a close one. Give me the Denver Nuggets. They continue their winning ways, one of the most dominant and complete teams in NBA basketball. Who's going to have a lot to say about who ends up with the title or who ends up with the Western Conference title at the end of the season? But tonight, give me the Nuggets beating the Pelicans, guys. That's it for today's episode of Count It right here on PointsBet. Thank you so much to the legendary Mark Zumov joining me, and as well, Ariel Epstein, the prop queen, always giving you the top props on tonight's slate of NBA action. My name is Kazim Famiwide. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been Count It, and we will see you Thursday right here. Same damn time, same damn place. I'm out. Peace. (laughs)